0: Hey there, Amy Porterfield here and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate you being here. Today we are talking all about webinars. If you've ever thought about doing a webinar, but you just haven't really jumped into the webinar game, or maybe you've been doing webinars for a while, but you want to up your game, you want to add some more advanced strategies to convert better on your webinars then this episode is for you. So it's equally good for those that have never done a webinar or those that have been doing webinars, maybe for a while, but you just want them to be better and more successful. So if you're in either of those camps, you are in the right place today. Webinars have dramatically, dramatically changed my business, especially when I moved from being a consultant into creating online training courses. Really, webinars work for both camps. If you are a coach or consultant and you want to sell your services, webinars can be highly valuable. If you have an online training course, in my opinion, webinars are a must. So we're going to talk about the myths and the mistakes. So there's a lot of myths when it comes to webinars and webinars have dramatically changed over the years. We're going to talk about how to approach webinars now in a way that will give you your biggest bang for your buck. But also, I have made a lot of mistakes along the way. And there's five really crucial mistakes that I am certain have cost me a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of heartache. And I'm gonna give you those mistakes so you do not need to make them. Now, I'm the first to say that my business grew so rapidly because of webinars. First, I used webinars to grow my email list. But then when that email list started to grow, I really focused on webinars to generate sales. Now, all my webinars really from day one have always had a selling element. I always promoted something at the end, but they didn't really take off and get going strong until after I did a few and got really clear on how this whole strategy works. And after my list grew a little bit and got used to seeing my webinars and knew they could trust me and I was putting out good content. So for you, if you're just starting out with webinars, I say really focus on the list building part of webinars and your list will explode if you put together a webinar strategy in terms of great content your audience can't live without that's free. They're going to get on your list to get that webinar. And then from there, you can continue to perfect your webinar strategy and you can be a selling machine. If you've got something great to sell and you've got a great message to give away great content first, this whole strategy could be a big Huge business changer for you. And I'm really passionate about it because I know that many businesses are struggling to sell online. And this is a great way to first build trust, connection, really put your best stuff out there and earn the right to promote, which is usually at the end of a webinar, you promote your program, product, or service. And if you do the webinar in a really specific way, like if you put a strategy to it, the selling part just becomes part of the flow. And so first of all, let's talk about why many people don't want to get into the webinar game or those who have gotten into it where they struggle. Usually it's three things. It's either the technology. A lot of people are afraid of the technology or feel that it's just too expensive. They'll say, well, go to webinars, too expensive. I can't do that. Or I don't really understand the technology. I don't know what goes here and there and how to put it all together." And they're really afraid of big technical challenges when they're on live. So they just kind of stay away from it. And I will say there's a lot of moving parts. We'll talk about that in the myth section when we get there. Another reason why a lot of people don't like to do webinars or they haven't taken that leap into webinars is that they are really uncomfortable with the selling side of it. Like they start to give away their great valuable content on a webinar. And then when it comes to selling, it's like, like they become a complete stop and they have to make like a 360 into the selling and it's super awkward we'll talk about that too so if you've ever had that concern between the content the free stuff and the selling and when the angst that you might feel between that we're gonna get there another reason why you might have not started to you know create a webinar strategy or a reason why maybe your webinars haven't been working is that you actually are really concerned, That either people won't show up or you've done webinars and no one really shows up for it. Or you feel like, wait a second, before I get into a webinar strategy, I definitely need to build my email list. I need a sales funnel. There's a lot of things I need to do before I even think about webinars. So I'm going to work on all of that and then I'll get to webinars later. The thing is, later might be years down the road and you're missing out on this huge great opportunity that you could start now. And so that's why I'm so passionate about the topic of webinars because again, it could be a big business changer. So let's talk about the myths first and then we'll get into some of my big mistakes that you do not need to make because I'm going to tell you how to avoid them. So first myths, the number one myth with webinars is that a lot of people look at webinars as just a marketing strategy, but not necessarily a whole system. Now, if you've been following my podcast for some time now, you know that I am a big fan of creating a social media sales funnel, starting with some kind of free giveaway, using Facebook ads to drive traffic to that giveaway, building an email list, really building a strong relationship with that email list, and then using that list to promote your programs, products, and services. Well, when it comes to webinars, webinars fit very nicely into a social media sales funnel. And so a lot of people will just do one off webinars and they'll do a webinar, have a little bit of follow up, and then be done. And webinars, when done right, they actually take a little time to put together. So the last thing you want to do is throw a webinar together and then just be done with it and move on to the next strategy. So if you're going to be putting your time and effort into something where you want to really generate real revenue and build a really solid email list, why not approach it? as a system. And so for me, I look at webinars as a whole system, kind of like their own sales funnel inside my business. And you can have multiple sales funnels inside your business. And when I put together a webinar, I actually go through five stages. The first stage is planning. So there's some planning that goes into your webinar. What's your topic going to be? What are you going to sell on a webinar? Who is your target market? There's some things that go into the planning, actually creating the actual content for the webinar. And once you get things planned out, then I go into what I call the pre-webinar phase, which is basically getting people on a live webinar. So promoting it, maybe using some Facebook ads, posting on social media, maybe making a video, inviting people to come check out your live webinar. And then the next phase out of those five, key stages or phases is live. I am a big believer that when you create a webinar strategy, you want to do a few live first. Now, I'm a big believer in doing automated webinars. However, if I'm teaching someone from scratch, I always say, let's get a few live webinars under your belt because I can promise you it is the fastest way to grow your confidence around your content, to fine tune your content in a way that you will never get the opportunity to do and other strategies that you use for your marketing. And in addition to that, having that live correspondence or communication with your audience during a webinar is priceless. Even if you have 20 people on the webinar, it's still really valuable. So I always say, first you plan it out, then you get people on live. So that's the pre phase. Then you go live and there's a lot of elements with the live, making sure that the technology working, engaging your audience live on the webinar. Obviously, that's where you're going to be doing your live Q&A and you're going to be selling and all that good stuff happens live. And actually, that gives you a good boost of revenue in the moment, especially when you put a lot of effort into getting quality people on that webinar. And then there's a whole post phase. So the post phase is sending out the replay and following up with really good, valuable emails to remind people about what you spoke about on the webinar and encouraging them to buy. A lot of people will buy on your webinar, especially when you get really good at them. But then a lot of people will still be on the fence and they want to think about it. And it's your job to let them know, you know, the benefits, the features, the case studies, the stories, all related to why they should take a deeper dive with you and buy your program that you talked about on the webinar. And then from there, we move into the automated phase. Once you get a few live webinars under your belt, it's time to take that webinar that you've perfected and turn it into an automated webinar. And because you've already gone through the planning phase, the pre-webinar phase, the live phase, the post phase, there's just some small tweaks you need to make to turn it into an automated webinar that basically people can sign up for any time of the day, any day of the week. They can find a day and time that works for them and then they can get on. And it still has that live feeling where you even can add a chat to it if you want. We won't get into all of the details today but you can add some live features to a recorded webinar. And when you do that, then you're actually serving a bigger audience that you could never reach with just your live webinars and you've perfected it along the way so it's gonna convert really well. So that's our end result, always to get to that, not always, but usually to get to that automated webinar that could be running any time of the day, any day of the week, and you can be generating more leads and more sales. So getting back to myth number one, your webinar really shouldn't just be a marketing strategy. Do it and then get it over with and then you move on to another strategy. I want you to look at webinars as a social media sales funnel, maybe an extra one that you add if you've got other things going on, but it can truly be a big foundation in terms of your selling process in your business. And I don't want you to look at it as just like a one-off thing to do but it's really a system. And so we'll get into that. I'm actually gonna do another episode about webinars kind of to dive deeper into that system I'm talking about. I'll do that in a few weeks, but first I just kind of wanna lay the landscape here just to get your mind thinking about webinars in a different way. So the second myth is that webinars are a ton of effort and involve too much expensive technology. Now, I will say that webinars are not simple they're not like the easiest thing you can do. However, I will say that the amount of work that you put into creating a webinar system can pay off 100 times more if you do it right the first time and you get it out there and you eventually get it automated. So the time, effort and blood, sweat and tears that you put into it really, truly do pay off. And that's the kind of stuff I like to do in my business. I'm all about hard work, but make sure it's going to last down the road where I don't have to be doing that kind of hard work every single week. And let's be honest, do you ever get sick to the point of like, oh my gosh, I'm spinning my wheels in my business. I'm always trying new things and I'm thinking of new strategies and working on new email sequences and, and new Facebook ads. And I'm creating another product and that product didn't work. So I'm going to create this product. And, and you start doing all these things and you're thinking like, what the heck? Something's got to give. Well, what I love about webinars, if you stick to putting together the system and you really put the time and effort into it up front, it can just pay off for you over and over again and you just fine tune it. If you're a part of my Profit Lab program, it's it's not open right now, but you might have joined earlier this year, you know that I'm all about let's get our foundation set and then just keep tweaking it and making it better and refining it that's kind of what you can do or that is what you can do with a webinar system as well refine it make it better but it's something that you don't have to keep recreating over and over again and so back to the myth about webinars are a ton of effort involve too much expensive technology the effort part they are a ton of effort in the beginning but the expensive technology is not a must you could do them for free in terms of using live google hangouts and you can keep it really simple without a ton of bells and whistles and have the webinar convert for you at a very, very rapid rate. Because to me, where I want you to put your focus when it comes to webinars is the content, how to, how to put together the slide deck. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode about webinars in a few weeks, that slide deck, the content. What do you put in a webinar? How much content do you put on your slides? And how much time do you spend on each slide and stuff like that? That's the important stuff because that's where the connection, the relationship, and the selling is going to happen. So don't worry about too much expensive technology. That is not true. There is some expensive technology you can use and it just depends on where your budget is and where you are in your business. I personally use GoToWebinar and I also use EasyWebinar for my automated webinars. So those are the two pieces of technology I use, but you don't have to use those. There's a whole bunch of other technology that you can use. And again, we'll talk about that in a later episode we're laying the foundation here but just know don't get stuck in that myth that it has to be expensive because it does not i can promise you that it does not need to be expensive and stick with me as i walk you through over the next few weeks you know how to do webinars in a way to make it really easy so you don't need to get overwhelmed i'm coming out with a webinar program in a few weeks and so that's why i've been so just like buried in webinar content in a good way buried sounds so negative but I have just been pouring over webinar content and putting together my best free content possible. So whether you buy my program or not, you're still gonna get some immense value about webinars in the next few weeks on my blog, on my podcast, I'm gonna do a webinar about webinars, all free. So you can get some really great valuable content in terms of how to create your webinar. So if you've ever thought about webinars, stick with me over the next few weeks because I've definitely got you covered. Okay, myth number three is I'm fine. I've learned about webinars years ago. I know what I need to know. Yeah, I haven't started webinars, but I've got the information. That's a myth because webinars have changed dramatically over the years and attention spans have changed thanks to Netflix. I mean, now we're binge watching shows. Commercials are a joke. I mean, was when was the last time you really saw a commercial? And the fact that information can be delivered to us instantly as fast as we want it, that has changed how people approach webinar watching. And we've seen that there's a decline in terms of people showing up live for your webinar, whether they're showing up for a recorded or a live webinar. We've seen a decline in that. It doesn't have to be. I've actually seen an increase of people actually showing up live for my webinars. We'll talk about that in the mistake section and how I corrected it. But things are changing and you've got to adapt. So the webinar that you might have known a few years ago looks very different today. We've learned a lot, especially people like me that have done many, many, many webinars. We know that you've got to kind of shift with how social media has shifted and how people are taking in information and the technology around it. So if you've learned about webinar years ago, or if you've kind of been thinking about it over the years and you think you've, you know enough, you just need to dive in, stick with me because webinars definitely have changed. I'm going to be talking about that a lot, but I'll tell you the number one thing that has changed, like I mentioned, is the attention span. And so now when I do my webinars, I have a lot of slides for just an hour webinar Meaning that if I'm going to do a whole hour of content on a webinar for free, I at least have 80, probably 100 slides, if not more. And that might seem like a lot, but you can't stay on one slide too long. So you constantly have to be boom, 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 going through the slides and using the slides as triggers for conversations that you're going to have with your audience versus reading every word on the screen. So, because attention spans are shorter than they've ever been in history, you do not want a slide full of content that you sit on for a long time because you want to know what's going to happen. People are going to multitask till the sun comes up. I mean, they're just that's all they're going to be doing. You will never ever have their attention. And because of that, you've got to be really clear: like, okay there's a certain way I need to deliver this content so that I could keep them engaged through the whole thing. When we get to mistakes in a minute, I'll give you some tips about how to keep them engaged. Okay, number four, number four myth. We've got, this is the final one. It's too late. I've already missed the boat on webinars. And the thing is, you might've missed the boat on webinars as a tactic, but there's always another boat coming in. And that has to do with the complete sales funnel as a webinar. Webinars in the past have gone away. You have not missed the boat, though. There's a new type of webinar now. And that's where I started out with the myth number one, that it's more of a complete system versus a tactic. But it's never too late to do webinars. And don't listen to anybody that tells you, ah, uh, webinars are a thing of the past. You know, webinars aren't as popular as they used to be. People aren't showing up for webinars anymore. That's true for some people, but it doesn't have to be true for you. There are things you can do to create a webinar that not only grows your list by thousands, but skyrockets your revenue. And here's something that's really cool. When you do webinars right, and when I get into the mistakes I've made, you'll learn some tactics, how to do them right. So I've got those for you. But when you do webinars in the right way, it is amazing how people feel super connected to you. If you regularly listen to my podcast, then you already know that podcast, hearing my voice regularly makes you feel more connected to me. Like a lot of times when I'm out in the world, I'll run into somebody in real life and they'll feel like they know me. I know I probably mentioned this on a podcast before, but I remember the first time I got to spend some quality time with Michael Hyatt I just closed my eyes and listened to his voice. Sounds creepy, I know, but I did. And I just thought, gosh, I feel like I've known this guy forever because I've been listening to his voice forever. Well, the same kind of thing happens with webinars. People really connect with you at a level that you will never get anywhere else. A blog post won't do it, a telesummit won't do it, social media won't do it. You will create bonds with people beyond anything you've ever experienced with webinars when you do them right. So don't listen to anybody where they say, you know, webinars are a thing of the past. That is crazy. You can generate thousands of dollars a week on webinars when you do them right. So let's talk about doing them right, because this is my favorite part. I want to get into these mistakes that you can easily make. And that's the freebie for today. So I'm going to go over them, but I've gone into more detail about these five rookie webinar mistakes and how to avoid them. That's the freebie for today. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 70 download, so amyporterfield.com forward slash 70 download, or if you text the phrase 70 download to 33444, you can get it right away through text. So this is the free giveaway, five rookie webinar mistakes and how to avoid them but I'm going to briefly go over them now, but make sure you grab that giveaway because the cheat sheet offers a lot more examples in detail. Okay. So these mistakes, there's five of them. These are the mistakes that I've made over the years that I don't want you to make. So I want to explain them to you here. Mistake number one is that you fear the transition from content to sales. Have you ever had that feeling like now I've got to shift into sales So when I was doing webinars in the early days, this is what would happen. I'd be sailing along delivering free impeccable content that I worked for weeks on and felt really confident about. So I'd be, you know, just giving great examples and stories and bam, 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 I'm on my game. And then the slide comes up where now it's time to sell. And this is what you'd hear nothing crickets. I would take a deep breath and like almost like the words when it come out. And then I'd be like frantically looking for some words to transition into the sales part. My voice would change. The tone would change, which would dramatically take the energy down. And in addition to that, it would be so awkward that like I literally would see just people be jumping off. Like when when you're on GoToWebinar, which is the tool I use for live webinars, I can see when the numbers go down, which is kind of a bad thing. You shouldn't even look at that when you're live on a webinar because it will throw you off. But in my early days, I would look at that and I could see people just jumping off right away when I went into sales and that would totally derail me. So the first tip I have for you is when you do a live webinar, do not look at stats. I don't want you looking at how many people are on, how many people are jumping off when you go into the sales part of it. I don't even want you to look at comments. Two things I want you to do. One, I want you just to focus on that transition and we'll talk about it in a moment. And two, I want you to have just one person there either with you physically or remotely that is looking over everything. What I do is I've got Travinia on my team. She's my assistant and we've got the system down. When I'm on a live webinar, I know that she is on monitoring all comments And just making sure the audio sounds good, the technology is working, all that good stuff. And I usually have two computers. And if if I don't have two computers, I've got my computer and my iPhone. And on my iPhone or on the other computer, I have Skype. And so what happens is she is going to Skype me the minute anything is wrong. And so I'm always just kind of glancing over to Skype. She doesn't bother me during the webinar with Skype if nothing's wrong. But if people can't hear me, if we're having a frozen issue, something went frozen, or... If, you know, there's just a question that people are, everyone's asking, like they're totally confused or something, she's going to Skype me. And in addition to that, she uses Skype during the Q&A, but we'll get into that in another mistake I used to make. So here's my tip for you so you don't have to make that same mistake. Actually, I have two, a mindset tip and an actual practical tip. The mindset tip is this, if you put the effort into creating a really great, valuable webinar, put really great effort into it and you know that content is going to be good. You have now earned the right to sell. You've given them something that they can't get anywhere else and you've given it to them for free. So now for those that want to dive deeper with you, you've got this opportunity for them. So one, you've got to know that you've earned it. You've done the work. And two, You also need to truly believe in what you're selling. And if you know it's good, it can change lives, it can knock their socks off, it can transform their life, their business, um, their marriage, their whatever it is, whatever your product does and you know it works, well, then you should be really proud that you're gonna put it as an opportunity for them so that they can dive deeper with you and get results. So if you believe in what you're selling, that transition becomes a whole lot easier. So it might mean you got to give yourself a little bit of a pep talk. Now that's the mindset side of it. Another thing I want you to think about is that when you create content, and this is where we're going to talk about content even more in the next uh, episode in a few weeks about webinars, but I want to still talk about it a little bit here. When you create content, that is completely aligned with your product, that transition from content to selling is almost seamless. And I really, truly believe this. This is something I've screwed up a bunch up until the last few years in terms of does the content seamlessly move into the sell. So one great example is the Profit Lab. If you've ever been on my webinar about the Profit Lab. In the Profit Lab, I teach, in my paid program, I teach seven steps to a social media sales funnel. The webinar is all about those seven steps. I go over each of them. I dive deeper into a few of them and just kind of um, go over the surface of the others. But I paint the picture. These are your seven steps. I give it to them for free. Here's what you need to do to create a social media sales funnel. But then my product dives into each of those, holds your hand, shows you exactly how to do it. Cheat sheets and blueprints and examples and how-tos and all that good stuff is in the paid program. So if you believe that you can create these seven steps that I've just outlined for you in the free webinar and you want to implement, that's where my program comes into play. So you see that nice transition there? So that's what I want you to do. And if it's a really good webinar, you want to know how to know if you've created an amazing webinar. Are you ready for this? If you want that feeling of, yes, this is amazing. This is good. I can't wait to get this out to the world you usually feel a little uncomfortable that you're giving away so much for free. That's when I know I'm onto something really good. If you've got this little nagging voice like, oh, am I giving away too much good stuff? Usually that's a good indicator that it's gonna be a kick butt webinar. So just something to think about. So once you do that content that's fully aligned with what you're selling, that transition becomes really, really simple. I can promise you that. Okay, so mistake number two Is that I used to put tons of content on each of my slides. So, what happened in my early days is that I would have a slide deck for an hour. I usually talk for an hour on a webinar and I had like 30 slides. So, what does that mean? Well, I'm staying on each slide for like two minutes, and that's like deadly to any webinar. I remember, and I can say this story because I know that he's talked about it publicly too, but Uh, Michael Hyatt, who's taught me a million and one things, there was one thing that I got to teach him and I'm really proud of it because he came to me and asked me, you know, will you look over these slides? He was going to do a webinar for my list about his Platform University program. So Michael said, hey, will you look over my slides? And his slides are gorgeous. This guy, if you want to see some really great slides, Michael Hyatt knows webinar slides. So he sends me these slides and they're gorgeous but I swear I think he might've had like 23 slides and we were gonna talk for over an hour. So right away I said, okay, this is the number one thing you always need to know about webinars, Michael. You need like three times those slides. And he's such a good little student. He of course like goes above and beyond and delivers the most impeccable first webinar I've ever seen someone deliver. So that guy's an overachiever for sure. But he took the advice and he came back and he had a lot more slides. And why you wanna do that is because each slide you do not want to stay on very long. And also you do not want to put too much content on each slide because then you tend to read it. So when you deliver a webinar, the last thing I want you to do is put a slide up and then just read exactly what that slide says. You want each slide to remind you of the content you're going to teach. It's like a trigger. So think of your webinar slides as a trigger. Now, what that means is you need to practice before you actually deliver it or record it if you're going to go for automated. But like I said, I'd like people to try out a few live ones first. You've got to practice it. And what I usually do is I practice and practice and then record it. And then I kind of go over it and just to make sure it really makes sense. What will happen is if you practice it from start to finish, kind of like if you're going to go on stage and you practice from start to finish your presentation, we'll do the same thing with your webinar. And I can promise you, you'll find about five transitions in there that are so awkward. You're thinking like, that makes no sense. What was I thinking? And you'll fix it before you actually deliver it to your audience. So practice makes perfect just like everything else, but also for mistake number two, too much content on each slide, make sure that you only use the slides to punctuate. It might just be an image, one word, a quote, a a phrase, or a screen grab of an example. That's the kind of stuff I like to put on slides. Don't read the slides word for word and don't put too much on there that you're staying on that slide for too long. Okay. Mistake number three is lack of an onboarding process. So this is a big one for me. I went through a phase when I was doing webinars in the early days, it wasn't really hard to get like 60, 70% of people that signed up for your webinar on your webinar live. Like in my early days, the heydays, those were amazing days. But yes, webinars have changed. There are way, way more people do webinars now and people are used to getting your replay. Some people now don't even give replays because they want to make sure people show up live. But for me, I always give replays, and so. What we found though is most people won't even watch that replay. Only a small fraction if they didn't show up live will actually go to watch the replay. So your whole goal is to get somebody on live. Now, if you're doing automated, you still want them to show up for the date and time they signed up for. In my mind, that's like them showing up live. So it's very important that the majority of people that sign up for your webinar are there at the date and time that they've chosen to be there. Do not rely heavily on the replay process. So this onboarding process is all about getting people to show up live with you. Now, these days, if you're at about a 40%, you're doing really good. So if about 40% of the people that opted in or registered for your webinar actually show up, that's good. Like between 30 and 40% actually is doing really good. But for a while, mine dipped down to like 20%. And I was devastated because nothing will ruin your energy more than when you're ready to go live on a webinar and you realize that hardly anyone has shown up. Like you had a, a thousand people register and like 50 people are there. That is going to really affect your psyche right away. So I always say either don't look Or if you've got to look, let's do a little work in the beginning to make sure more people show up live. So it's the onboarding sequence. So what I do is when you sign up for one of my webinars, right away, you get an email confirmation from me. So if you're using a tool like GoToWebinar or let's say EasyWebinar, those tools will actually send out a confirmation email because people need the link to get on when you actually go live. But I also, in addition to that, send out my own email. And usually I offer a workbook and say, okay, we're going to get on live, let's say in three days, here's a workbook that I want you to download and have it ready for you. And that workbook teases some of the content that I'm going to teach. And there's kind of some fill in the blank. So they need the workbook when we go live. So this teases the content of the webinar. And then I send an email maybe a few days later, and I might tell a story or talk about the importance of showing up live because we're going to do this, this, and this. Or I might give a a valuable tip or trick about the content I'm gonna teach. So I'm offering value. And then the day of the webinar, I tend to send one really early in the morning and then like 10 minutes before we go live. It's important that you actually follow up with this communication because to get somebody live on a webinar, you've gotta do some work these days. Again, webinars have changed, but when they show up live, that's where you're going to make the biggest impact in terms of connection and in sales. So it's important, whether it's an automated or a live webinar, having them show up for the date and time that they've designated, very important. The onboarding sequence will do just that. So mistake number four, we've got two more mistakes here, is weak follow-up. So one thing that I did in the early days, and I see a lot of my students do now, is that they'll say, I didn't really do well on my webinar, I just sold a few. And I'll say, okay, so what did your follow-up sequence look like? Oh, I sent out a replay. And I just think, oh my gosh, you missed this huge opportunity. So you're definitely going, if you do this right, you're going to get sales on your webinar. But there's also a majority, like I mentioned earlier, that they're going to be on the fence. They need a little bit more. They need to know they can trust you and they need some more information. So one of the things you can do is create a sales page and send the people to a sales page in the follow-up sequence. So the emails to follow your webinar are crucial. I always like to send the replay out right away, but with a deadline saying this replay will only be available, let's say for a few days. And then from there, what I do is that I send a series of emails to follow that. And the series of emails to follow that are all about the program that I introduce them to on the webinar. So I'll talk about, hey, you might have noticed on the webinar, I talked about my brand new program that's called XYZ. And here are three things that you can learn when you sign up. So I might give benefits and features and case studies, but it's a series of emails, like three or four emails to follow, if not more, depending on how long your cycle is that you're promoting something. And you can do this with automated webinars and live webinars, but those emails to follow are golden. You must, must have a sequence that sells and you want scarcity in those emails. So if you're part of my Profit Lab program, you already know this, that the scarcity in the follow-up emails after someone opts in to get a freebie from you, the scarcity and urgency is what really is a make or break kind of situation. So maybe you have a bonus going away, or maybe the doors are closing and people can't enroll after a certain date, which is usually what I do with my big launches. The doors are going to close, so that's always a, some good scarcity. But I like to add bonuses. I like to do a price increase at some time during the promotion, so there's all these different reasons why people should buy right away and you want to give them incentives. So that follow-up after a webinar, so very valuable. And then finally, the biggest mistake this is a weird one that I actually didn't think was true until I really tested it, and that was in my early days of doing webinars, I always do a live QA at the end, for like 10 minutes. So I would do, let's say, an hour webinar. So maybe I deliver free valuable content for 45 minutes. Maybe for 10 minutes, I would sell something. And then I do like a five or 10 minute Q&A. So here's the deal with selling and how long you want to spend on selling. I, I really do believe it comes down to the price point and how much explanation is needed in order for people to really see the value. So if I'm selling a $97 program on a webinar, I might sell for maybe 10 minutes really to go into the benefits, the features, the case studies, all that good stuff. And then kind of show people inside of the program in the members area. I'd like to do that inside a webinar as well when I'm selling. But if I'm selling a $1,000 program, you can be sure that I'm gonna talk longer than 10 minutes. I'm not going to just say bye, bye, bye. I'm going to give reasons why people should buy and really help them understand what's included and why I've included that and how it's going to work and and the results they can expect. So I go into a lot more detail when it's a more expensive program to sell. So that's kind of how I decide. You need to make sure you, you give yourself space inside the webinar to really explain the value of your program. But in addition to that, there's a Q&A usually at the end of most webinars. And in the past, I'd spend five or 10 minutes answering a few quick questions and I jump off. And when I jumped off, I'd have like 400 people still on the webinar. And so I had a good friend say, those people are just golden to your opportunity to sell more. Like they're the people that are going to buy if you give them the attention and time they need. So if you see that you still have people on, you've got to decide, you know, what that number looks like. But let's say you're just starting out and you had 100 people on your webinar. And when you get into the Q&A, you still had 30 people on and you're ready to jump off. I wouldn't jump off if I had 30 people on, if I had 100 people total and 30 people still on, and you're in the Q&A. These are the people that are genuinely interested and they want to know more. Take the time to answer their questions. Um, go over any objections that you know they're having, but maybe not asking. Maybe go over the product again after you've done after you've answered some questions. Go back to the product again and go over it one more time. These are the people that are paying attention and they want to know more information from you. So don't jump off your Q&A too early so that they actually don't get all that value from you in terms of answering the questions in order for them to make a decision that they feel good about in terms of buying. Also, when you do a QA, and a if you have a lot of people on, which you will get there once you've done a few, few webinars, choose questions that are going to add value to the full audience. So usually at the very end of a Q and I can see myself answering more specific questions that might not relate to everybody. But in the beginning of a Q and I make sure either I have a few questions in the can that I know often get asked and I just answer those right away. And they're valuable questions like, how long do I have inside your program? Or who is this program best suited for? Those questions come up a, a lot. So I'll answer those right when I get into the Q&A because I know that's when I have the most people on before people start jumping off. So get to the best questions first. And also if someone asks a question, you might even want to encourage them. You know, if you've got a question that could really value the whole audience, that those are my favorite types of questions. So a lot of people can get value from my responses. So I encourage you to ask those types of questions and you'll get some really good questions that way but always have a few in the can just in case you don't have a big audience yet and you need to answer some questions. Think about the biggest objections they're going to have to buying your product. Turn those into questions to answer during the Q&A, but don't jump off too early because there's some magic happening there. Those are some pretty amazing people that are still staying on that really want to hear from you and you want to give them the attention that they need in order to make a decision to buy. Okay. So we went over the four myths and the five mistakes. And remember these five mistakes, I go into them in even more detail in the free giveaway. So all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 70 download, or you can text the phrase 70 download to the number 33444, and you can get the free giveaway the five rookie mistakes that you can make on a webinar and how to avoid them. And like I said, I'll go into even more detail when you get that PDF. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode all about webinars. We're just setting the foundation in this episode. And then we're going to get into even more detail in a few weeks about how to craft your webinar slides and how to, you know, what slides can you include to go from the, Content into the selling. There's actually some slides you can add to the mix to make it a really good transition. And we'll also go into other strategies related to webinars. How how are you going to fill up your seats? How are you going to find your audience? All that good stuff. And why you want to do live versus automated and the difference and the good and the bad and all that kind of stuff is coming down the pipeline. So I want you to stay with me if you're thinking about webinars or you want to up your webinar game. I'm your girl. I can't wait to share more and more content with you related to webinars. It's probably one of my very favorite topics to share with you. And I can't wait to dive in even deeper. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. And until we do, make it a great week. Bye for now.